everybody happy national day if you are in the uae this is an awesome awesome season we're so grateful to god for to live in this awesome nation happy 50th anniversary it's 50 years for the uae as an as a nation and we just celebrated we celebrated with the rulers of the nation and as a church we are we're blessed to be in this country and in this nation and we are so happy to to be um to celebrate 50 years of this nation um if you are in in this city or in this nation you're probably sitting on a beach somewhere or in a resort somewhere during this long holiday but wherever you may be whether on a beach or at home uh, with your family or like us in a life group with a life group fam if, if you're there if you're there that's awesome kudos to you um uh, we, we're just so happy that we get to celebrate life with one another uh, and the more days we have off the better uh, we can hang out and chill longer and do fellowship with one another so but wherever you may be today we celebrate you we love you as a church we are so grateful to god for each one of you so why don't you give your neighbor a high five and say we love you and we bless you today Yeah. That's <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah, that that's enough. That's enough. No more not hugs and kisses and all of that stuff. But that's okay. High five only. <laughs> it's good. So we're going to continue our series of talks on uh this God element called Christ. And I hope you enjoyed the series so far. If you want to hear any of the messages that I've preached in this series so far to understand the context of what I'm talking about, a link will appear up here. and you can click the link and you can listen to those messages not right now but after this message all right so we're on the series called god element and the title of my message today is generational mandate all right so just last week kelsey and i uh kelsey was driving us home we were going home uh and i was sitting down and and i was as usual as uh, the moment i i i get a chance to sit down I go into dreams and visions and this this day uh Kelsey was driving on the highway and we live outside the city limits and so while she was driving uh I I started seeing these huge power lines you know they're called pylons they 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 carry power from one city to the next city and and we live uh close to them and while I was looking at them I was looking at how one pylon uh you know and between each of these pylons is these cables that run between them and and power goes to every home every sit every city every home every business every organization everywhere where we have power is because of these lines because of these pylons and as i began to look at them the lord began to open my eyes in the spirit and i had a vision and in that vision i saw people of old these men of god men and women of god of old were were these pylons that were standing and each pylon represented a generation a mighty man of god a mighty woman of god from the time of adam all the way till today all these people generations of people uh, were were standing in their purpose in their calling and receiving the word of god for their life stepping into their purpose interacting with the word of god allowing the word of god to manifest in their life and testifying of their interaction with the word to the next generation 
And that's how they were able to pass on this word that we have, the written word today. They passed on from one generation to another generation, the power of God, the word of God, and the testimonies of their interaction with God. And see, you must understand that these mighty men and women of God, all of them received a revelation of Christ. They received the word and in that word, they received a revelation of Christ, not Jesus. They received a revelation of their Lord, their God. And that was, that, that was a revelation of Christ. And every time, in every circumstance and situation where they interacted with this word, they were able to receive now a deeper revelation of Christ that was personal to them. And this interaction with the word in a circumstance enabled them now to manifest a glory that caused them to step, be set apart or you stand apart compared to other people. And they became the fathers of faith. They became the fathers of many nations. And they became these huge people in the Bible that we talk about. But all these people interacted with the word that the same way that you and I interact with the word. The same way that you receive revelation is probably the same way they received revelation. It came to them in the spoken word. They didn't have a book to read. They just had God speaking to them. They didn't know who was talking to them, but they discovered who was talking to them when they applied the word in a circumstance. They, they got to get, they got a revelation of Christ when they believed the word, they received the word and they applied it in a, in a circumstance, a situation in their life. And that's how they got a revelation of this glory that was manifesting in their life. And when they received the testimony of overcoming a giant or killing a giant or becoming a king or, or you know, oh wow, you know, I had a son. I didn't, I couldn't, I'm in my hundredth year now and, and I don't have the ability to have children. And now all of a sudden I received a word and I believe that word. And when I applied that word in the situation, now my wife, even my wife who was, who was not believing, <laughs> suddenly became pregnant hello <laughs> wow and now we have a son in 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 a hundredth year like i mean oh my god that is awesome that's that's how they manifested the glory but they discovered christ when they applied the word they discovered the glory of god they discovered there's a there's a glory that god wants to manifest through your life through their life when they interact with this word when they interact with this revelation, when they discover, when they get this revelation about Christ and they interact with it in circumstances and situations, now they begin to, they, they, they begins to manifest this sort of God-like characteristic in their life that kind of sets them apart from everybody else. And this now caused their children to listen to the testimonies of their interaction with God. And now what began to happen is as they receive the word from God, they receive the word from their parents. They, they received the word from these mighty men and women of God. And now what began to happen with one person now began to happen with the next generation. And as they began to interact with the word, now they began to see the glory of God in their life based on what their parents would have told them. And now that generation began to see 
a glory, but it was a greater glory than the generation before them. And as they began to manifest that glory, now every generation, ladies and gentlemen, began to reveal a greater glory than the previous generation. But see, you must understand that all these mighty men and women of God of all these generations before us were like these pylons. They were just listening to the word and they interacted with the word. They, they believed it, they interacted with it, they used the word, they applied it in circumstances and situations of their life and they saw the word manifesting a glory in their life. And now they began to talk to people about that glory. They began to be witnesses of me. They began to be witnesses. I was a witness when I saw this word change this circumstance and situation in my life. I saw and this was the result of it and now they talk about the results to the next generation and the next generation now receives a fresh word. They receive a foundation of a result that they take now, the faith, the faith is grown already, they take it now, they apply it in, the, in, this, in their life and now it begins to multiply and that's how Christ has been compounding from generation to generation. That's how Christ has been increasing on the earth from generation to generation, from people group to people group, from, from, like, like from Abraham to Isaac and from Isaac to Jacob. And now Jacob becomes the father of Israel and now he has 12 sons and the 12 tribes, all 12 tribes now receive the revelation. And now Israel as a nation become God's nation that God begins to interact with. You must understand, started with one guy. One pylon. He spoke to another pylon. And he spoke to another pylon. And that pylon became, the, uh, he had 12 sons and now that guy had 12 pylons. And now that's how the message, the word of God came through the ages. And now that same message, that compounding glory, compounded to Jesus the Christ. He came in flesh and now as he began to speak now, he was, he was the pylon that began to say, okay, hold on a minute. Now I'm going to take what happens with one guy. I'm going to multiply it into everyone. Every single person that hears my message, the message of the gospel of good news. Now the power of God begins to flow in them. Why? Because now the spirit of God, the spirit of God was not in all these old men. The Spirit of God was upon all of them. But as something changes with you and me, we now become the conduits of the power of God upon the earth. We are the ones now, ladies and gentlemen, you and I, there's something about this generation. The generation who came after Jesus Christ. Jesus the Christ. He, the, everybody, their life purpose was to compound Christ. Their life, literally, their life purpose and their interaction with life was about one thing. I need to compound Christ into the next generation. And as they interacted with Christ, the next generation received a greater revelation of God working in their father's life. Which means the second generation had absolutely no excuse to not believe in God. They had no excuse to not believe in God. Their starting point was success. 
Their starting point was strength. Their starting point was courage. Their starting point was no failure. No option of failure. And I'll show this to you in the, in the lives of the people, you know. But you must understand that the revelation of Christ as it interacted with, with people compounded and transformed the next generation into the very revelation that they received. We, we must understand that when you receive the word of God into your heart and you apply that word in a circumstance or situation, God's intention is to transform you into the word. Not so that you just have authority over a, a miracle, a sign of wonder. His intention is to transform you into the image and likeness of his son. So how does the son come? Comes in the form of the word. When you apply the word in, the, in your life, now you begin to see the son at work. You see the word at work. And now you see the word at work where? Not in a situation, you see the word at work in you. Now as you begin to see into that mirror, you are transformed into that very image that you see. So what you behold, you become. So what do you behold? You're beholding Christ. Christ, ladies and gentlemen, is invisible. But when he comes to you, he becomes visible to you. And as you behold him in you, as you begin to see your, him in you, when you interact, you are transformed into the very word you receive. So the revelation that you receive is an opportunity for you and I to be transformed into the very revelation that we receive. But that transforming takes place when you apply the revelation in your life. Now I can tell you God moved in my life in a certain way and this is the miracle. I mean we'll, we'll, we'll listen to the testimony that Rita shared today. I mean she just desired and she, where did that desire come from? All our desires come from God. And so that desire now which came from God, God saw the desire and he saw the opportunity and that word began to work in that opportunity and now there's a glory in her life that is being attached. Now just imagine her kids. What kind of a testimony do they have? When they experience lack in their life, what is their starting point? Come on now. It's because the mom has been transformed into that word already. That's their starting point. That's their foundation. So the next generation carries a greater measure of glory than the first generation. In fact, the greater glory in the, in the first generation is actually the foundation upon which the second generation lives their life from. We have greater opportunities to do greater things. I mean, Jesus himself, the son of God, is talking to you and me and he's saying, you will do greater things. You will do greater things than me. How? Why? Oh, Jesus, but you are God. No, I'm fully God, I'm fully man. The same Christ that is in me is the same Christ that is in you. And he's transforming you into my image and likeness. And so now you can be fully God and fully man in operation. But you must understand it begins with your interaction with the word. You can hope for all these miracle signs and wonders to happen. You can hope for all these things to happen. But if you don't interact with this, this word, if you don't say, I have a desire for revelation. I want to have a revelation, not just of how the miracle happens. I want a revelation of Christ. That's who I want. Because Christ is the one who does the miracles. 
Christ, Christ is the one who created all things when the Father spoke, let there be light. The Word created all things. Oh, come on. You have to get it. It's very important that you understand. You are not working to do the miracle. You're just believing. <laughs> You're believing what he said. And all he needs is a willing, believing body. So that he can take the invisibility of Christ and make him visible to the nations. Actually visible to the next generation. See, as parents, as mentors, as leaders, we have a responsibility to apply the word. Because the next generation depends on the glory that this generation manifests. We're talking about a generational mandate now. The generational mandate that you and I have is I want to use every opportunity in the book to overcome these circumstances and situations in my life so that every single person who comes after me now has a better chance at manifesting Christ, a greater glory in the earth so that every single generation Christ begins to compound into the second coming of Jesus Christ. But we must understand that Christ in us is transforming us into the very revelation we receive. When we, in order for that to happen, we need to receive the word, we need to interact with that word, and we need to use that word in a circumstantial situation in our life, and we need to allow the word to manifest his glory in and through our lives. And that glory now, as we begin to behold it, we become the very glory we behold. And now when the next generation looks at the glory in us, they now begin to get transformed into that very glory. See, you will talk about the testimonies of how good God has been to you, to your children. And when they begin to listen to the testimonies of how good God has been to you, now they begin to receive the very word. They're not hearing God, but they're hearing God through you. Come on now. We want to we wanna teach our children how to hear God's voice. Well, you just start by hearing mine. Start by hearing yours. Mom and dad, pastor, leader, you know, all, 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 all of you all mentors who are there. They, they, if they start listening to your voice, then God's voice will sound very similar. It's very important that you get this. You become the revelation you receive. But the next generation carries the glory that you manifest. They, it, they, that glory becomes the foundation that they start from. It's phenomenal. So now some people will say, well, you know, my parents were not Christians and they didn't manifest any glory. They just manifested humanity and, and it, all flaws and, and I was abused and na-na-na-na-na. Oh, great, you know, you, the day you got saved, the day you started believing and you started receiving the word, your, your, your lineage has changed. So you can't use that as an excuse to live a very procrastinated Christian life. 
yeah you've got to come out of yourself the old self and understand that Christ in me is the hope of glory and so you are being transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus the Christ but Christ is the one who gives you the word so now it's time for you to start taking your walk with God seriously because maybe you don't have children maybe you're single right now i'm not married or oh, you know i'm married but you know you might not be married and you might say why well, i don't have wife i don't have children i just have my life and I have my friends and guess what you still have a responsibility for the next generation you got into the kingdom and now it's your responsibility wherever you go jesus did not say to the disciples uh, guys only if you go to your family if you have kids preach the gospel to them he says go into all the world go into all the world all the world means go to every single person that you speak meet all of creation that you experience it becomes your responsibility to be a witness of your interaction with the word and the manifestation of the glory of god see we see this you know in 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 the lives of moses and joshua You see Moses before God found him was a stutterer stammerer he was a weak man he was fearful you see all these all these things that 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 was about Moses that his character you know God I can't speak why why would you uh, ask me to speak God uh, he was hiding in the wilderness serving his father-in-law looking after his, his sheep you must understand the 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 position that he was in he was out of egypt out of but he was still in slavery he was a slave to fear slave to uh, you know lack, he had lack issues of confidence he couldn't speak properly he was a stutterer he, he couldn't understand what god was saying he couldn't understand what people were saying like i mean he was a murderer i can keep going on with his with, with his qualifications but the reason why he was in that position was because god had he he had escaped slavery but was still living hidden in as a slave and god now chose moses when he was at his worst weakest yeah. and when god began to interact with moses moses was defining his lack of or his lack of abilities his lack, his qualification is giving god see he's telling god please don't hire me for this job i am not good at this job choose somebody else but don't choose me have you ever been to an interview like that where you went to the interview and the guy saying okay i want to give you this job please please don't give me this job. i'm not good for it <laughs> it doesn't happen but that's what moses and god is interaction is like i want to use you to save my people from egypt lord somebody else please choose. no but i'm calling you and that's moses that's how god found moses That's where God found Moses. But see, something happened to Moses. As he began to interact with God, he began to see the power of God, the glory of God being manifested. God would say, "Lift up, take the sand and throw it into the air," and that became a plague. Take up, Moses, what's in your hand? Stick, God, I have a rod. Okay, throw it down. Throw it down, became a snake. Oh my goodness, he ran away from his own stick. And he goes to pick it up from the tail. Okay, picks it up, become a stick again. Wow! Now my my serpent will eat all the other serpents. Okay, go go to Pharaoh now. Okay, he goes and does the trick, and wow, he sees a manifestation. He sees the glory of God. Changes him to a point where now God is talking to Moses, and he says this. Listen to me very carefully. 
He says, you will be like God to Pharaoh. And Aaron will be your prophet. Oh, this is heresy in the verse now today. If you say that, if we walk around talking to people, God told me that I will be God to, you know, whoever. And I have a prophet who will speak on my behalf. Wow, you probably get stoned in church. <laughs> you get thrown out immediately. This pastor has lost it. But for a guy who had no confidence in himself, has started seeing through the interaction that he's very godlike. Didn't have any issue with it. Why? Because the revelation makes you like the one who is being revealed. Yeah. Ooh. God is telling him. God's not not like God's not like intimidated by Moses being a god. And Aaron being his prophet. Because God was confident that what I speak to Moses about, Moses will interact with it and will see that being manifested. And because he doesn't have the confidence to speak, Aaron will speak on behalf of him. But see, somehow Moses had this God-like thing about him. My God, he would take a stick, hit a rock and water would come out of it, man. Oh, come on now. You must understand, he takes a stick in and touches this, the, the sea and it parts. Who does that? God does. Only God can do stuff like this. Oh, you see, Brother Moses, he's doing it. But he has an issue. His issues is his humanity. He is so in touch with his humanity that it's this constant fear. It's constantly battling with fear, constantly battling with what people think about him. God, you sent these three million people with me. Can you please deal with them? No, Moses, you can deal with them. No, but no, you, they, they listen to you. No, Moses, tell them, I said so, and they listen to you. I said, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to talk to you. You see, even though he was interacting with God, it's not an issue with just because he's still not out of slavery, he's a slave to fear. And it would manifest, fear would manifest as frustration. He would hit the rock when God told him, speak to the rock. Because of that, couldn't enter the promised land. You see, it's very important when you interact with the word, do exactly what it says. Don't do what your interpretation of the word says. A lot of us hear God. God says, give that money away. Okay, good God. When I do currency exchange and Bitcoin change, and when I do into this, this is the amount and probably this, the seed and bread and all that stuff. No, just do what he says. Don't do more, don't do less. Because if you do exactly what he says, according to the measure of what you do, what he says, the measure of what he says, what you do, that measure is the word in you that begins to manifest the glory of God in your life. 
Very important that you understand that. Very important. This is huge for us. Because a lot of times we, because we are so, we hang around this tree called the knowledge of good and evil. And now we use the knowledge of good and evil to interpret what God is saying. And so because of that, we kind of dilute the intention of God to manifest Christ. And so we wonder why is only a little bit coming out? Only little, I pray one person gets healed once in six months. I read the Bible, no revelation. I just feel like I'm reading a book. It is a book. But every word that comes to you from this book is a realm that can open up great possibilities for you if you can only interact with it according to the intention of God when he released that word. Great possibilities. So we have Brother Moses who has all these issues and but he's interacting with God the best way that he can. Manifest the glory cannot go to the promised land but then God chooses Joshua. When Joshua starts, he doesn't start when Moses started. Come on now. When Joshua starts, God only has to tell him, do not fear. Be of good courage. Be bold for I am with you. That's it. That's all the brother needed. He takes where Moses was weakest in, where Moses was incomplete in, where Moses did not finish the task, Joshua now finished everything. He bought the people in the promised land, did everything according to what God had said he would do. He was one of the greatest men in the Bible. Why? Because Moses set him up for success. It's a generational mandate. It's a generational mandate. Moses didn't know what he was doing, but Christ knew what he was doing. See, your obedience to God and your application of the word and your desire for revelation to see God's glory being revealed through your life this opportunity is the opportunity for your children and their children to experience God's glory and have a better success rate than you do. But you've got to lead them into that place. You've got to love them enough to say, I will lay down my life for you to be successful. When you say successful, we're not talking about a successful business. We, see, we think that, you know, Baba, I'm going to send you to school and you become a good lawyer, doctor, accountant, whatever, whatever you want to be, you know, politician, whatever you want to, want to, whatever you want to become, you can become rocket scientist, all, all that stuff you can become. But we neglect the very thing that is Christ's purpose on the earth. And so we end up setting our children and the next generation we set them up for failure. When I say failure, I'm talking about you're setting your standard as their standard. So your issues that you did not overcome, they have to face the battle. And now they have to believe the word of God and overcome it in their life. And now the next generation after them, that's where it starts again. So my, my suggestion or my submission to you is think about the people that are around you. Think about the people who are in your workplace, your friends, your family. Think about those people because that's the next generation. It's not just your only children. I'm talking about the people in your life group. I'm talking about the people in, in your church. I'm talking about the people in your city. 
in this nation, in the nations. Think about that. Why do we take time to spend talking about testimonies? It's because we are giving you the glory that somebody received and manifested. We're talking about it so that that can become the foundation, the beginning stages of your life. That's what we're doing. That's why we take our time. That's our culture. We look at another guy in the Bible. His name is Gideon. Gideon was hiding when God found him. But again, you must understand, Joshua did really well. And when Joshua died, Israel now went back into their old ways and God had to put them in slavery. God did it. <laughs> and now they start crying out to God and God says, okay, Gideon, where's, find Gideon. Sends an angel, find Gideon, where's Gideon? He's hiding, Lord. Great, he's perfect. Because that's Israel's starting point. Where was Moses? Hiding. In slavery. Israel's starting point. And so the angel comes to him and says, Mighty man of valor. Who? Me? What? Could you repeat the question, please? He's like, huh? Do you see what I'm doing here? I'm in a wine press, threshing grain. I'm not even treading grapes in a wine press. I'm treading grain. I'm doing the wrong thing in the wrong location. That's how afraid I am. And you're calling me a mighty man of valor. When God finds him, in the weakest moment, God starts interacting with him. And then we read Sunday school stories. Gideon, mighty man of valor. Wow. I have no clue about where he comes from. Right? And we, we talk to the children. Gideon, wow, mighty man of valor. Great things for God. And the children are like, wow, man, yeah, did great things for God. Gideon and his 300 men. Wow, what a story. And we share this story with the kids. But see, Gideon, what Gideon did, he was the first, one of the first judges over Israel. Yeah. God said, okay, fine. Because of the law, now I'm going to give judges over Israel. And Gideon became one of the first judges of Israel. Now, weak man, God interacted with God's word, became a mighty man of valor, and then set the stage for a man named Samson. See, generation, the next generation after Gideon, not immediately, but a few people after that, after Gideon. Samson, Samson has no problems with fear. <laughs> Samson is walking, chilling in the desert. Thousand people come to kill him. Thousand people. So he looks, finds the jaw of a donkey takes the jaw of a donkey and kills a thousand men in a day. I mean, which UFC fighter can do that? <laughs> no fear. But the guy before him struggled with fear. His starting point was Gideon's success. Samson was so amazing. Let me just say, Christ 
was so magnificent in Samson that people thought Samson is phenomenal. Look at him, man. He's carrying the iron gate of the city and climbing up a hill. No other man can do the things that he did. Nobody else could do the things that he did. I mean, these people tied him in, in, in ropes like that and Samson just broke the ropes. Where does that power come from? It's because Gideon manifested the power of God that he interacted with in God's word. You see, Christ, ladies and gentlemen, is this invisible force that comes to you through the word. And as you begin to receive it and as you interact with it, as you meditate on that word, I want to I discover Christ. I want to know Christ in this word. God, give me an opportunity to see the glory of Christ being manifested in my life. And then storm comes. Oh my goodness, lion comes. Oh, giant comes. Oh, whatever, tornadoes, whatever comes in your life. Oh my goodness, I have to do this. Oh, the bill comes. Oh, whatever, whatever. Great. Now, I'm going to take Christ and I'm going to apply him. I'm going to take, I'm going to apply my faith with faith. I'm going to apply it in, in this situation now. And I'm going to see Christ at work. And I'm going to stand, I'm going to watch. And when Christ begins to work, everybody's going to think it's me. They're going to think it's you. Because that revelation has a tendency to make you look and behave and have the characteristics and the nature and ability of a God. Come on, man. We have to get over the offense of religion that says that you are not God-like. For you to heal the sick, you ha- that's the nature of God in you. You are like your heavenly father. I would love to for you to go to the book of Galatians. We're going to spend some time in Galatians right now. Galatians chapter 4. And I want to read a verse to you. And I want you to, like always, listen to the language. Okay? Chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, Therefore, you are no longer a slave. Remember, Moses was a slave. Gideon was a slave. Joshua was not a slave. Samson was not a slave. He was a son. Okay? Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of... Let me, let me, let's, let's read that together. Starting from therefore. One, two, three. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of... Stop. An heir of... That means God is your inheritance. You're an heir of God. So for you to inherit God, someone had to die. Who is that? Jesus the Christ died so you can get your inheritance. What is your inheritance? God. Through Christ. You're inheriting God. How? Through this 
ancient of days through adam abraham noah they look at moses joshua gideon samson through the ages look at samuel david all solomon all of them all of them up compounding all like pylons com- receiving revelation manifesting glory receiving revelation manifesting glory and they just stand there they just stand there till today they're witnessing yeah. till today they're wanting to trade revelation with you revelation promises that they have received that are being that are meant to be manifesting in your life if you could only receive revelation if you can only receive the word this christ word they want to trade christ with you yeah. see if we talk about revelation what's this revelation what a revelation of god no you need a revelation of christ because it's christ in me that's the hope of glory but here paul is saying that you are an heir of god through christ now what is the context really of this statement because jesus makes a statement he says no longer do i call you servants or slaves because a servant does not know what his master is doing so which means a son knows what his father is doing so what do you know he's saying now you are no longer slaves but you're a son but he says if you're a son then an heir of god so which means you can be a son but not be an heir of god there's a maturing process that needs to take place so you can be a son but experience slavery and not experience inheriting god like characteristics and i'll show this to you in the scripture i want you to go now let's go to chapter 3 and we'll read from verses 24 onwards 24 chapter 3 verse 24 therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to christ that we might be justified by faith but after faith has come we are no longer under a tutor okay 26 for you are all sons of god through faith in christ jesus for as many of you as were baptized into christ have put on christ come on now you're baptized into christ you're baptized into the revelation you receive the revelation you interact with it you get submerged into it and christ comes out like that okay so when you when you're submerged into revelation of christ now when you come out christ comes out with you that's what it means to be clothed in christ look when you do water baptism you're baptized into water you're submerged into water when you come out you're not dry that's exactly what he means here you're being baptized when you receive revelation and you apply it in your life you're baptized into christ and when you come out of it Christ, you're put on you have a garment of christ on and now everything around you begins to look you begins to see christ in you 
Now, baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, this is phenomenal. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. Ha! Huh. There is neither slave nor free. Which means there is another category. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male. Hello. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, chapter 4. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, listen to me very carefully now, does not differ at all from a Come on now. You can be a son in the kingdom but still be a slave. What's the condition here? Though he is a master of all, but he is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. So which means, if you are a son who is a slave, there is an appointed time for you. And that appointed time has to do with you being tutored under a guardian and a steward. You're a slave. Even though you're a son of God, you need to be a slave. <laughs> you need to be... <laughs> Come on now. Then he says this. But is under guardians and stewards until the appointed until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons of God, sons, God has sent forth His Spirit, the Spirit of His Son, into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. You are not even crying. The Spirit in you is crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, because of that, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now, what is all of this saying? Even though you are born again, you are born again, you receive the, the revelation, Jesus is your Savior, you receive Jesus as the Lord, you're in the kingdom of God, God places you under a guardian and a tutor and a steward. Okay, so why, why, why does that happen? It's because you have not come into faith. You have not come to the revelation of the faith of Christ. See, you must understand, your tutor, your guardian and your steward has to lead you to someone. Now, for a lot of us, the law revealed our sin, did not reveal Christ. But here Paul is saying, therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. So the purpose of the law was to reveal not your sin. Not your unrighteousness. See, look, when Moses received the law, there was a glory to it. And he looked at the law and that glory was manifested on his face. 
To the point where now when he came and looked at people, people were like, wow, the glory of God. We need the law. But when he stayed away from looking at the, the tablets, the glory began to fade away. While he looked at the law, was in God's presence, his face shined. When he turned away from the presence of God and looked at people, the glory started fading away. So which means, every time Moses looked at the law, it revealed Christ, the glory of Christ. And But people completely misunderstood it. They created additional laws that put people under bondage. That's why today the law has this, some people love it because they, get, they are controlled by it and they get to control other people by it. They don't like grace because grace requires faith. And they, they don't have the faith. They have, they have faith in their works because they feel righteous, but it's actually called self-righteousness. But here Paul is saying, Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. Now, in the same way, he's talking about guardians and stewards. Who are these guardians and stewards? It's the elements. Earth, wind, water, fire. They were your guardians. But what was their responsibility? To reveal Christ. All of creation is longing for the manifestation of the Son. But before that, their responsibility was to lead you to Christ. Christ is the one that is in all the elements. But see, because man was corrupted in the heart, he only saw his sin. And the elements only reflected what he wanted them to show. The law only revealed what man wanted to see in the law. Not what the law was showing man. See, the law was good, ladies and gentlemen. It is God's standard of His righteousness. Law cannot actually reveal your sin. It's actually your sin heart, a sinful heart that looks into the law and feels condemned. There's nothing wrong with the law. The law is holy. It's God's law. But man's sinful heart would look at the law and feel condemned. And now he goes and creates more rules and regulations now to make himself righteous before God. And Paul says actually in chapter 5 and verse 4, he says this, you have, became, you have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. Wow! Paul, what are you talking about, man? This is in chapter 5, not chapter 4. Chapter 4, he's talking about you are sons of God. But you can be estranged. Estranged means to be severed from Christ, cut off from Christ. You can be cut off from Christ if you choose now to take something which was meant to be, meant to point you towards Christ as the very thing that makes you feel guilty to cause you to justify yourself before God. That's what Paul is saying. But see, Christ was in, was in the law, the glory that was manifesting through the law, the Ten Commandments. It was, it was, Christ was the one who was glorifying Moses. He looked at the law and he became like it. He became like Christ in the law. 
He didn't become like the commandments. He became like the glory that was manifested. But when he looked at people and he looked at their sin, he began to do exactly what, he began to look like exactly like them. Started fading away. But see, but when Jesus came, the glory that we behold now is a glory that never fades away. Why? It's because Jesus, Christ became a man. God had appointed in the fullness of time. Ladies and gentlemen, that fullness of time means that there were pylons from generation to generation that took on the responsibility, the generational mandate of saying, I'm going to be the one that works out my salvation through fear and trembling so that my children and their children can have a better start at manifesting Christ and the glory of Christ to the world. This is really the opportunity that God is giving us. This is the mandate that has come. This is not about, wow, you know, the Jews are like the, you know, the chosen ones of God and the Greeks are like the most intelligent ones and they have all the interpretation of all the words and wow, man. No, not anymore. There is no Jew, no Greek. There is no religion. We can't look at people from other religions and say, well, you are that religion and you are that religion and you have no hope and you have hope because you go to this church, you have hope and that temple. And no, just, just, all, just, just, just jargon. That is, that is the evil intention of man's heart looking at the law and condemning people. But if you look into the law of liberty, if you look into Christ, if you look at Christ in his word, if you receive his word, if you receive it, you receive his intention, you begin to interact with it, not from a place of guilt, trying to work out your salvation, but actually as a son. Yeah. As a son, I'm a son. Yes, today I'm being taught by Pastor John, this revelation. I'm being tutored. I have a guardian. I have a mentor. I have a pastor. Yes, for sure. In this season, God has appointed this season for you to be here. To hear the words that we're preaching right now. But there will come a point in time where you are no longer a slave. Ladies and gentlemen, slave is not a lifestyle, but it's a season. Being a slave is, is a season. God places you in that season so that you can, as a child... Even though you are an heir of God, as a child, you need to receive revelation from the previous generation. You see, the fullness of time has to do with you actually honoring the generation before you. And as you receive the glory, as you behold the glory that the previous generation is manifesting in your life, now you begin to take that glory and you begin to receive that word and now you begin to interact with the glory of that revelation. And as you begin to interact with that glory now, you begin to manifest a greater unfading glory to the next generation. And as you do that now, the time begins to get compounded. Begins to get compounded and compounded and compounded, compounded, compounded. Until the time comes when God said, okay, the body is ready for the head. The body is in proportion to the head. Wow. Now I'm going to send my son. What if I were to give you an opportunity from this day on 
to only desire Christ. In everything that you do, every time you look at the scriptures, you're desiring Christ. Oh, pastor, you know, I pray for me. I want a job. Baba, I'm praying for you to have a revelation of Christ. Christ is the one who gives you your job. Christ is the one who makes you successful at your job. Christ is the one who makes you so successful that your bosses begin to look at you as an asset rather than a liability. It's Christ. Christ. It is Christ. That's why the scripture says, Christ in me is the hope of glory. We have a mandate, ladies and gentlemen, from heaven. It's a generational mandate. I want to I submit to you this revelation that God desires for you to set the standard for the next generation starting today. Set that stage for them so that they can do greater things than what you would ever do. See, Cassie, in my heart, our desire really is for every single person that is watching us, whether it's listening to us in the room, watching us uh, in, in the future, our desire really is to do greater things than what we will ever do. But you've got to have a heart that says, I'm not just listening to a man. I'm receiving revelation of Christ. I'm not just listening to culture time now and testimonies. I'm hungry for Christ. I want to know Christ. I, I have a responsibility you don't understand. Some of us might think, well, Pastor John, I am so inspired by your word, but I've gone past that age now where my children can listen to me. I'm quite old now. What do I do? You still have a responsibility. Your mission, your mandate starts today. Because you've received this revelation, now you carry the responsibility and the weight of this revelation over your life. Starts today. You never knew this before. You know it now. So you can start working out your salvation. Allowing the word of God. Interacting with the word of God. Engaging with the word. Not just church and politics. Engaging with the word. I just love Christ in that song. Christ be magnified. Wow, I love it. I'm going to engage with Christ. Engage with Christ in the morning. Engage with Christ in the afternoon. Evening, night. In my dreams, Christ all the time. And then, as you get every opportunity in your life, as you get every challenge in your life, you apply the word. You apply the word. And then you begin to see this glory manifesting. Give Christ an opportunity to do a miracle in your life. Give Christ an opportunity to multiply your money. Give Christ an opportunity to get you a new job, a bonus, a commission. Do something. Give him an opportunity to work in your life. Don't strive all the time. Have faith. He says, look, he says this. But after faith has come, we are no longer in need of a tutor. What faith is he talking about? Not your faith. It's the faith of Christ in you. When you interact with the word and you see the faith that Christ has, you don't need a tutor anymore. You don't need the Lord to tell you you're a sinner. Your faith itself, the faith of Christ in you, will begin to believe God for all things. But you still have to apply the word. You still have to receive the word. Interact with it. 
desire Christ. And I can guarantee you that the hope of glory will become a manifestation of glory. So today, church, I just want to bless you with this word. Kelsey and I love you. I really, really desire, I pray for you. I pray that you will manifest a greater glory than what Kelsey and I are doing. See, we experience dreams, visions, encounters. We have such amazing experiences with God. And I really desire for you to have that. I really desire for you to have greater things than that. I want to see you manifesting such great power. I want you to speak and people get healed. And that, that's the stuff that, we, that I desire for you. But it begins with, the, with you, it begins with you having a desire for greater things. And so today, church, I bless you with this revelation. I pray that God would begin to reveal His glory. There's just such a weight of God's glory right now. That's just filling you, that's filling this room right now. This revelation has come as an awakening to you. And as your eyes are enlightened, I pray that you will begin to see the glory of God manifested in your life. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen. 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 Bless you, church. Amen.